Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cyber Inspiration Podcast. My name is Evgeny. I've been around security for the last 20 years, and I have a lot of experience working with a variety of cybersecurity vendors. My main work is vendor consulting and cybersecurity advisory. As part of my passion in technology and cyber, I was intrigued to learn how a company starts. I started the podcast to understand the thinking process and what motivated people to start their own company. This podcast is also affiliated with Security Architecture Podcast. I have a guest here today from far away from Australia. This is the third time I'm recording somebody from Australia. And I'm really eager to understand what you guys do and more about the company and your inspiration. Can you please tell me about yourself and the company? First of all, I am Shantanu Bhattacharya. I founded Cyometrics. So Cyometrics is a different kind of cybersecurity company, if I can put it that way. So what we started off with is having a different identity solution, which is much more accurate and more foolproof and less errors. So accuracy is much higher. And that way, what we can do is we can have identity for all types of things. For example, humans, devices, and also for entities. So like software entities, software programs or API or things like that. So that's the kind of a one-stop shop kind of thing. But what we realized is people are getting affected by ransomware quite a bit. So just in 2022, there were about more than 390 million ransomware attacks. So it's getting into a pandemic proportion. So we have now actually come up with a solution which does a ransomware protection. And the unique thing about that ransomware protection is that let's say an adversary is in your network. What do you normally do? You would have to actually throw them out of the network and then plug the holes which they use to get into the network. That means you have to identify which loopholes they used and then plug those loopholes. So that is not a one-hour job or a one-day job. It generally takes weeks for you to actually do all of that. And by then, they have actually encrypted your sensitive information. They've stolen the data, taken the data out of the network. So Cyometrics actually then helps you, even if the intruder is in the network, it stops the intruder from taking the data out of the network or even encrypting the data. And that's how we are different. So that way, the company gets adequate time to respond to the attack without having to worry about being ransomware attacked and having to pay ransom. Because anyway, even if you paid the ransom, there is no guarantee that your data won't end up in dark. So that's the basis of our solution. Thank you. And with IoT and very connected world right now, definitely important not just to have identity for the humans, both have identity for devices and entities as well. Great. And you guys have been around for quite a long time, around seven years, if I remember correctly. Yeah, around seven years, yes. So tell us what happened around six, or I guess seven years ago that motivated you to start the company and you decided to start this journey. My actual journey with computer science started more than 30 years back when I completed my post-graduation. 
after that i had the opportunity to work in cyber security or security with tcp ip stack then with public key infrastructure product suite and things like that so security was always interesting to me and what happened about 6 7 years back was my wife had a surgery and i was taking care of her home duties so i had to actually take time of work and that's when i came up with this idea of trying to use phones and the phone sensors to see whether we can uniquely identify phones so i did a little bit of work and we started off calling ourselves phone pass because we started with phone but then we soon realized that is also applicable for laptops desktops iot devices software and all of those kind of stuff so we started calling ourselves cyometrics which comes with silicon metrics and then fuse them together to cyometrics that's how we started basically when you got the idea what was the next step because we all have ideas i have five ideas a day but the idea is to actually do something with the idea did you went and talk to many people to validate the idea is correct or did something else yes so first of all i wanted to make sure that what i'm thinking about is actually working or not so first to reduce any future technical debt that might arise because i have not done adequate research so i did the research and once i did the research then i realized that probably i was on to something and then i started talking to people and lot of people actually found it very interesting but they were saying things around oh this is a technology but to get it to the market you actually need a solution and governance and the business all of those kind of things which is all valid and so i then started working on each of those aspects gradually over time and here we are we have actually got some very good people as advisors to our board two very well known cyber security experts world renowned in fact one of them is university of illinois professor emerita marian winslet and another person is pierre noel he is in europe now marian winslet has more than 30 years of experience in cyber security itself she's also got parallel computing and other experiences but she's currently acm fellow association of computing machinery fellow and she has published lots of papers she has written books so she actually understands cyber security very well so she's been kind enough to evaluate our solution and has been recommending our solution ever since and she's also an advisor pierre noel is currently advising to airbus as an advisor to their board and he has been the ceo for microsoft and also huawei so he is also a very well known person in the cyber security industry and we've got three other advisors as well they have different expertises they are not necessarily cyber security known people but they have businesses in different areas and they can 
help me in those aspects. So here we are. Now we have a good solution which is required by the market and it's a cure. It's not a vitamin, it's not a painkiller, it's a cure for the ransomware, which we think we are very proud of. After you realize that the solution or the product you're building is makes sense, and I hope you had some design partners in the way, did you decide to raise money or kind of bootstrap your own way? Yeah, we did a lot of bootstrapping. We also did raise some money. We are also currently looking for some more money. So we are interacting with investors. We are interacting with potential customers as well. And we are getting the good vibes right now. A lot of things happening in the back end and few news or few milestones will be hit. When you started to bootstrap or raise the money, you needed to hire the team. How did you decide who to hire? You had some kind of a company checklist or some kind of understanding what kind of culture you want to build in the company. Tell me more about this story. In terms of the team, the people who are actually doing the work, that is still not on my payroll. They are still an outsourced company which does the development. And fortunately for me, I know the owner of the company where I'm actually outsourcing. So I'm able to communicate pretty well. So yes, culture is important, but at this stage, we do not have very close relationship even with the outsource team because we are not all the time engaged with them. We get work done as and when things come around. And the relationship is more with the owner of the outsourced company rather than having employees. And yes, culture, I do understand is very critical because if not all of the people are on board with the same vision as you have, then it can soon start to fall apart. And that's what we want to avoid. So we are mindful of that, but we haven't yet got to that stage where we actually have employees and we need to have the culture. What about salespeople, marketing people? Yeah, right now what we are doing is developing the commercial grade solution. Once we have the commercial grade solution, then we have two letters of intent signed by potential customers already who would onboard. And once that happens, then we will onboard the sales and marketing team as well. So that's the kind of plan right now. I have some sales and marketing people who are helping me out at this stage, but they are not on board as yet. They are helping me on a, you could call it a pro bono basis kind of thing. Nice. You say we, so I'm getting there's a partner involved as well. So right now as a founder, I am the only one, but I am, I constantly say we because there is an advisory team. There are others, like I said, people who are helping me out and things like that. So I would like to consider, and even the outsource team, I would like to sort of say they are our people. So in that sense, it's a we as an organization rather than I claiming the whole credit. How hard it was to find the advisors? Because it's not an easy task. It sounds like you were able to secure really good people. Yes, it's not an easy task. And I have been fortunate to actually know some people. For example, I know 
a lady called Lisa Solodre. She was actually my business mentor in one of the accelerator programs that I attended. And she helped me get some of the advisors. And then I had friends as well. So having spent about 30 years in IT, I know a lot of people who are in the Silicon Valley and things like that. And that has helped as well to find the right people as advisors and then taking their help as and when required. I'm wondering, you sound like a very technical person and it's great. But as a founder, as a CEO, you need to do a lot of sales. You need to make sure to sell your baby. How's the transition to become a salesperson? What did you learn? What was the struggle? Ah, yeah, that is a very nice question that you asked. Because yes, as you rightly pointed out, I was more of a technical focused person, chief architect here and there, head of advisory and review board for Siemens and things like that. But when it comes to sales and marketing, the first thing is to actually have the messaging right. Because when you actually meet potential customers or even potential investors, the messaging needs to be right. Because if the messaging is not right, they don't understand what value you provide and how do you differentiate yourself as compared to all the others existing in the market. And that then spoils the game. So that's why I had to actually learn. I took some courses. I actually did read it and all of those kind of stuff. So it was a little bit more struggle in coining the message than if I were a marketing or a salesperson. So if I were a marketing or salesperson, it would have been comparatively much more easier. So yes, it was a fantastic learning experience. And sometimes engineers over-engineer things, which is not required. And sometimes engineers fail to understand how important the sales and marketing is to the business. So all of that has been a very good learning experience for me. I'm guessing you're spending quite a lot of time with work. How is the work-life balance? How do you manage to spend time with the family and make sure you're, done. you're doing all the tasks as well here. Yeah, work-life balance is a little bit of a challenge or maybe a little more than a little bit of a challenge at this stage. But I am mindful that I need to spend some quality time with my family as well and provide adequate time to them so they don't get left out because... By the time probably the business stands up, we will be too old and certain things which we are able to do now, we can't do at that time. So I'm mindful of all of that, but it's definitely hard work. So I try to put in time when I don't need to spend that with the family and those kind of things I try to pick up. So for example, now we I'm meeting with you after 9 p.m. in my time zone, which is fairly easy time for me because not so much of family time happens. That's how basically I make up. I try to sometimes work late nights and things like that. So it does take a toll on me, in which case I just take some break, but that's how I manage. If you can go back six years ago, what would you do differently? What I would have done differently would be 
get myself educated on the sales and marketing and the messaging first, along with developing the solution and the technology. Everybody actually comes with some skills versus some weaknesses. In my case, the weaknesses were the marketing and sales aspects. So that's what I should have strengthened. And I should have understood the importance of sales and marketing right at that time so that things would have been much easier and faster from there on. This is a very good one. And it's always a struggle for uh, many people I meet and record here to how to balance this. Is there anything particular you do to get back to yourself when you have a bad day? Maybe a bad meeting, maybe you're not happy. Do you meditate? Do you walk? Do you have drinking? Yes. So I am more of a recluse kind of, if you can call it that. So I then take some time off to meditate and try to have my own time kind of thing and try to rethink. Once I've done with the meditation, then I try to rethink as to what went wrong how I could have changed the scenario and things like that. So that then becomes my focus for some time. And sometimes I let it go that, yes, it was a bad day, but I don't need to do anything. I just need to move on from the emotional aspect of it and then retry and those kind of things. But lessons, like I said, have to be learned so that similar bad days are less frequent <laughs> so we're going to transition to what i call the dark side where we're going to talk about stuff that didn't go as expected we just spoke about some of them a bit maybe you can tell us some stories about things that didn't went the way you wanted and the lesson learned and what you understand from there yep so i was looking for some funding for my patenting and things like that we have completed the international patenting phase so before that, when I was actually trying to apply for the patenting and things like that, I approached a person and I approached a person through another person. Obviously, that's how the networking works. And that person, when I actually interacted directly, everything was fine. Everything was done fine. But because I went through another person, I told him, before the meeting that you can run the meeting when we all three are together and we are finalizing the way forward. And this third person who actually introduced me completely spoiled the game for me. <laughs> he went into the meeting and took it to a completely different direction so much so that the person that I was talking to and get his agreement as to what the next thing would be was very annoyed with me and we had a fallout actually. I then thought that unless I bring the third person or the fourth person completely on board and have spent enough time, I shouldn't actually give the reins on to the other person's hand because things can go completely awry pretty soon. And things can turn ugly. It's a very good lesson learned. Thank you very much for coming. I wish all the luck to the company. I think you guys want something here. Thank you for coming here today. Fantastic. Thank you very much.